Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today on the Better Together Podcast. I'm Tony, And I'm Anne. And we are super excited about today's guest. We love her. We know you're going to love her too. Her name's Mrs. Tia Saferno. We're so glad you're here. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Yay. Tell us about Tia. Yeah, here's a little information. She is the granddaughter of European immigrants from Italy, Russia, Poland, and Germany. Tia grew up in a crazy home filled with good food, lots of siblings and parents who loved music. While in college, she married her prom date, Mike, and they just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary. While raising their two sons and two daughters, Tia spent 15 years as the La Leche League leader, helping new moms speak at hospitals and supporting women as a birthing coach. Her next 15 years were spent homeschooling, singing, writing, and recording four albums of songs, being a mom, walking with Jesus through the broken places, and experiencing his unfailing love. Then, in a surprise move, God led Tia into the role of executive director of a local medical pregnancy center. This March, she celebrates 10 years in that calling, and she says it is new every day. She refuels with Jesus by walking in any weather at the lake near her home, taking pictures of anything with feathers. Oh, I love that so much. We're so glad you're here. How's it going today? Oh my gosh, it's so great to be with you. So we have, I know, so much fun. You guys are going to love Tia as much as we do. I just know it. So we have three questions that we ask every podcast guest so that our friends get to know you a little bit on the personal side. So the first one is, what are you reading right now? I love that question because I love every time I'm in a book, I want to tell everybody everything about the book. So that'll be the half hour of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's called um, Bound for the Promised Land, A Portrait of an American Hero. It's about Harriet um, Tubman. Tubman. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I keep wanting to say Harriet Beecher Stowe. When I was little, I used to read all the biographies of of women that affected our American way of life, like oh. President's Wives. And there were these little red books. So I'm aging myself because some people <laughs> will hear this and remember those. And I feel like reading those fantastic biographies of women of courage, it gave me that hunger to be someone who could change the world. So you so highly recommend this I book. highly recommend this right, one. Look for it in the show notes. I oh. love that. Yeah, yes, that's so good. good. So what is your go-to comfort food? Okay, um, a go-to comfort food. Um, I would have to say that it is the spaghetti sauce. My mom, she passed away in 2002, but she made the most amazing spaghetti sauce. And she would take us swimming on a swimming day. We'd say, it's a swimming day. And she could make it in 10 minutes. It was marinara sauce. So when we came back from swimming, you're all cold. You want it, you're hungry. 10 minutes we had dinner and it was this marinara sauce. So nice. okay, people can email me for the recipe. Oh, it, it, I was say, since she's been in heaven involved? for so yeah. long, it reminds me of her. So, do when you I make, make it? it? I make it. Yeah. Ten minute sauce. Ten I, minute sauce. I think I could even make a ten <laughs> minute sauce. I'm not a good. You don't cook. have to That's buy it in a jar. Just make it. Yeah. All right. And, and it came from a grandpa in Italy, so she learned it from my husband's dad. All right. Well, I can't wait to get this recipe. That's good. Yeah, That's legit. So the last question on this side of things is: What is something you can't live without? Not Jesus. Not people. Like oh. a product or something in your life, a favorite chair. Or my blanket. camera. My camera. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. So you take pictures of all the things. Of all the feathers. All the feathers. <laughs> <laughs> of all the birds. I Incredible. love it. There's something about these birds. There's lessons in the birds. So my camera. 
That's awesome. All right. Well, we just want to thank you again for taking this time to hang out with us. There's no way we're going to cover everything we want to cover in 30 minutes. So we're just going to jump in and see where we go. So um, this resume, this bio was pretty impressive with the four CDs and all the things you've done, but surely you didn't start there. Why don't you tell us about where you started? How did you find Jesus? So I got a scholarship for Dana School of Music. I did music all my life. Family was wild with music. My dad taught me piano. And then so getting that scholarship was awesome because I was the oldest of six kids. So full ride. Parents were really happy about that. But um, halfway through that, my husband also went to that same Dana School of Music, and we found ourselves expecting. So we had a shotgun wedding, and I was 19 because I was 17 when I entered college. So pretty. We were both babies. You look back and think, you know, how young you were at 19. But God was gracious, and that was He was the love of my life. So got a little apartment. Uh, A couple months later, had little Michael. Four pounds, 15 ounces. And I think in that, because I grew up in a traditional church, I knew about God. I even prayed before my wedding. But this Jesus just seemed really distant. So it seemed like a love story I wasn't really involved in. I was just reading or hearing every Sunday. It didn't involve me. Mm -hmm. But it was having that baby and holding him and so in love with him. My heart melted. And I knew there's got to be more. It's got to be more. So that hunger, the Lord led people into my life, even other moms with babies that knew Jesus that would talk about him to me. I watched a really cool local uh, Christian TV station when I would be nursing the baby. And I'm like, man, this is who I want. Would he accept me? I messed up my life, kind of got off course, lost the scholarship, kind of disappointed family. But in that, I could feel this unconditional love of God understanding the cross. I'd never understood it that it was for me in that little third floor apartment. And so I knelt one day and prayed with someone on TV who said, let's pray this prayer if you want to open your heart to to Jesus and what he's done for you. And I just cried and cried all alone. Well, probably the baby was there. So how old were you? I was 21 at the time. So at 19, you found yourself pregnant. I did. And you lost your scholarship, you said. So what? Just didn't go back. You didn't mm-mm, go back. You didn't mm-mm. finish your your college. Fell in love what with being a mom. Um, tried to make it on my husband's three dollars an hour job, thirty six dollars a week for groceries. I remember that. You put everything back, but what you have to have, you right. know, the ground meat, the you know, the basics. But you learn so much. And God was saying, "Oh, I can't." The first Bible I received, it was just the New Testament. I read the whole thing in like two weeks. Wow. I couldn't believe there was something like that written just for me. Now, was that was after amazing. you gave your heart to yes. Jesus? Yes. So At a prayer t- meeting, they gave me that. So you're a stay-at-home mama. Mm-hmm. Are you by yourself? Do you have a group of moms you hang out with? Like, what did that yeah. season of your life look in like? In that season, what God did for me is La Leche Lake was for breastfeeding moms. And uh, someone led me to that after I had Mike on. I was having trouble. And the leaders, the league leaders were Christians. And so it was that um, company that I kept, which was awesome. They didn't push anything on me. They just loved this 19-year-old crazy, you know, didn't know how to run a house or cook a meal. (laughs) My husband (laughs) ate peanut butter and jelly for a year in his lunch. Anyways, they just loved me. And they would answer the phone and answer my questions. And I went to three different meetings every month. 
there were three in the city and you're supposed to just go to one and pick one. I went to all three because the company of other women and they all had the same questions and I was growing and the tightest two, you know, older women teaching the younger mm-hmm. women how to love their husbands and their, and their children. And I desperately needed that. But their example of love, unconditional love for me is what I think really softened my heart. Yeah. Okay. Now, did your husband finish school? He didn't. He had to get a job and support us. And yeah, we were. So life looked a little bit different right away. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then after I came, really gave my whole heart to the Lord, then that's when, and reading the Bible songs, the scriptures would just pop off as songs. You know how you can memorize when it's you know, to put to music. Yeah, Yeah, has a melody. So some of my first songs on the first CDs were from those first days. But I didn't know what to do with these songs. I knew I wanted to, I knew God was giving them to me, not just for me. But um, when you're in a little apartment with, you know, a two year old, you're like, where do I, where do I go with this? So it was good. That's amazing. So you had Michael. Now you, your bio, you have four kids all together. So how close are they in age? How quickly did they come along? It's such a good question because I, we were ready. We're like, okay, we're in this. We might as well, you know, have our kids now. We started so young and I didn't get pregnant for another five years. And I think the Lord, we didn't do anything not to. I think he said, okay, this is good. You guys just no, you grow up, <laughs> <laughs> grow up a little bit and have this one for five years before Aaron, my my next son came, and then a couple years later, Anna. A couple years later, Julia. Oh, so, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Two boys and two girls is perfect because you would buy a pack of cups, and there was like the pink and the yellow and the green and the blue. So in this season, you were a stay-at-home mom. You didn't I have, was. You didn't work outside of the home. I volunteered a lot, okay. and I was very busy with the church. I did find a really wonderful church and got involved with music there. Um, I played the saxophone. So I played the saxophone in the worship, even pregnant. Isn't that fun? Wow. So my kids had like music right into their ear when I was expecting them. I was doing (laughs) worship team. I don't think I knew you played the saxophone. Oh, yeah. My my husband too. So that's how we fell in love, sitting next to each other in band. Oh. Yes. He's very good. So For you all had, you band people out there. Exactly. Right. Music can bring you together. Look at that person you're sitting mm-hmm. next to. <laughs> so all of those years of being a stay-at-home mom, did you ever sense there was something beyond being a stay-at-home mom? Did you have other, you mentioned being involved in the worship team. Did you have like a call to anything or was it just motherhood? This is all I want. There's no tension. There's no struggle. There's nothing else. This is just, I'm it's living so my dream. funny. I wasn't living my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it was constant because you see women in ministry or you see women with full-time jobs and they're combining it, which is fantastic. At that time, I knew my calling was helping other moms, you know, when with birthing and breastfeeding and embracing that season. Um, but also I knew with the music that there was more to that. And so I would just record the songs on a little cassette and ask the Lord what to do next, but felt like you're saying the tensions of being used when you're, everything's, it's hard to run a house. Yeah. It's full time. That's every inch of you is that plus you know, feeling like you're to do more for the Lord. So at that time, I remember just being with other women who were encouraging me in that season to really draw near to the Lord, learn the lessons that he had for me in that, and and hone the music, you know, hone that. Sing to the kids. 
at night I'd say, what do you want me to sing about? And they'd even mm. sing about Palm Sunday. So we wrote a song about Jesus coming in on the donkey. And they'll oh, wow. never forget it. No. You know, so I used a lot within my home. Um, but I feel like the tension was relieved by knowing I was in a temporary season. And I didn't want to look back and regret, you know, not being with the kids more and pouring myself into them. But it is so cool that he used those years of of crafting that and even just using it on every corner I had. I wrote a song for my grandma's funeral. I wrote a song for our church's building campaign, you know, just using it for that. And then God completely opening the door to record. I would have never been ready for that open door if I hadn't been faithful to use it where I was. Yeah. Uh, the music. Yeah. I love how you talked about um, getting involved in a church and having women that spoke into you and mentored you. Tell me a little bit about how important community is to you. I love that because being in the same season with someone else is important, but also being in a group with others who are beyond that or before you because they're in both sides, you're either can pour into somebody else or someone can say, oh, the, you know what, that's going to end soon. <laughs> like, or, oh, I walked that and this is how I walked it through. How, do, how else do we? There was a scripture I found before I came because I was thinking about this. It says, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Isaiah 41, 13. And I feel like in those seasons and still, the, the body of Christ is his hands and feet and voice to help me. He is here, but he's using, I'm so glad he taught me early to receive from other women, to help them speak into me. Sometimes they'll speak something I didn't see at all. Yeah, You know, you're kind of blind or cloudy and you need that clarity from them. But it's not even always women that are walking the exact same walk. One of my best friends has no kids. She's a CPA partner in a, in a huge CPA firm in D.C., and when we talk on the phone, she'll say, I can't believe God has us in the same classroom. You know, the same lessons, <laughs> even though our, our lives are different. But as women, it's so cool to rub shoulders and see where we're the same. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, in those years of the tension between knowing I'm called to be a mother and knowing I'm called to something more also, mm -hmm. did you have any times of frustration? Oh, I'm sure. They're probably in all my journals. <laughs> I should have brought all the journals. Talk to me about journaling. Was that an outlet for you for your frustrations? Like, how did you manage? Foundational. Oh, my goodness. So talk about journaling a little bit. Yeah, because, because not everybody does. And I think it's just, I personally do. You do. And um, everybody does it different. So I'm interested to see how you... How yeah, because now people use years. their phones, they use, you know, laptop, but I use hard journals. I order them paper blank is where you can order them paper blank press because they're hard, like the thoughts you're putting in there, the interactions with the Lord and with his words and with your frustrations and with, I pour it out. I don't guard anything, um, but they're so valuable. I don't believe in a notebook anymore because I have dozens and dozens and they're, on the shelf and they're my life and I can draw out 1996 oh my goodness look what the Lord was teaching me but yeah getting quiet um he's been having me write down this day has a name its name is you know February 20th that's how valuable this day is Lord and you're going to talk to me so yeah I pour out frustrations I interact with scripture sometimes do a scripture picture 
Now, you talk about the importance of being quiet. Now, think back to when you had four littles. What did that look like in your daily life? How did you find that time? How did you make that time? What did that look like? That's such a good question because it changes. And your life can change in a week. You think you have this routine. One of the first studies I ever did as a new believer was called Appointments with God. I can't even believe how that opened my heart because it said set that time. So I got up with my husband when the kids were still asleep. Actually, it was just Michael. And at 7 a.m., that was my appointment with God. And it was so sweet. I had never had that before in my life till that time. And he met me every single time. So, but being really good on your, or, you know, not um, ashamed if you miss it and, you know, too religious about that, but grabbing the time when you can have it. But I like a set, I like a set time in the morning. And you even had that back then. I did. I got up early. I just got up a little bit early. Nice. It was worth it. It was worth it for the rest of the day. And it set a tone for the rest it of does. your life. It does. Now, in those seasons, uh, was any did any of it feel mundane? Like, did you ever feel like all I do is the same thing over and over and over, and I'm not being effective, and I'm just I still do. Blah. I think that we all do that with the mundane. But if we can find Christ in that, then. Oh man. Talk that's about the that best. a little bit. Talk about finding Christ in the finding mundane. Finding him in the mundane. I just finished another book called The Story of a Soul. And it all it's Saint Therese of Lisieux, twenty four years old, died of tuberculosis at twenty four. Always wanted to do big things for God. Wanted to be a missionary, go overseas. She had such an incredible relationship with Jesus, a love relationship. She never went out of that convent. Never. But she had such a wonderful deep relationship with him in her mundane he saturated her and everyone who met her saw the light in her eyes her little encouragements I mean one conversation she could lighten someone's day and and now she she has touched millions in that little hidden place in her little every day inside this little cloister but it was Jesus in her, in the mundane, in the meals, in the cleaning, but in her interactions with other human beings that just shine Jesus. So I wanted to find that even in my daily, you know, Cheerios and dishes and cleaning and bills and all of that. But we're, we're shoulder to shoulder with other people all the time. So there's really nothing mundane when you're with people. So you had to sometimes look for that in the midst yes. of the mundane. Yes. So good. You're looking at the quote? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I brought one quote because it says so much about living as women in all these seasons. It says this, it's Oswald Chambers. He says, keep your life so constant in its contact with God that his surprising power may break out on the right hand and on the left. Always be in a state of expectancy and see that you leave room for God to come in as he likes. I love that. I do too. I I love love that so much. I remember when my kids were little and I was frustrated that I, I didn't have the separate alone prayer time that I, I mean, that I used to have. I had my my time in the morning before they got up, but I used to have lots of time. And I re- I'll never forget where he said, take them with you. Mm, so good. Don't. It doesn't have to be separate. You need to take them with you into the presence of God. And it didn't mean make them come sit down and be quiet for two hours. It meant me learn how to operate in him 
in the midst of the chaos of their day right in front of them. Oh, that's so good. So that they could see that pattern and it, it became more of a relationship thing and they got to see that in action and now looking back on those seasons because you have a lot of seasons to look back on we're going to talk in a second about what you learned through those seasons of struggle and tension as you look back but looking back on on that and looking at them now I can see the fruit of it because they do the same thing oh wow it they don't have to have just one set time in the morning it's that and a relationship with him throughout the day. And I love that quote talking about that. Expect him on the right hand and on the left. Expect him everywhere you go. And it, to me, that quote summarizes your whole life. Oh, wow. That's how I see you. It You're, really, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It really does because anytime I have any conversation with you, whether it's business related or personal or whatever it is, you always come back to a conversation with the Lord. Oh, well. This is what I talked to the Lord about. This is what the Lord said. Well. And I just think that's so beautiful. And that's the fruit of your journaling, making that time with him. All those things that we know we should do, but, but I know you live it because of how you talk. Because oh. you don't have a conversation without Jesus in it somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and hard. there's no ordinary day when there's such an extraordinary God. In oh, us. Say oh. that again. <laughs> I said there is no ordinary day when there's such an extraordinary God living in us. Oh, let us live that That's expectant. Good. That's really good. In us. That's so good. Okay, so look back on your seasons now. Yeah, I think it's just so cool that God's divided it into 15. I don't know if he'll do it again. All right, you talk know, but, about that. Yeah, because that 15 years was so much with the mothering. And that's, I mean, that was your tribe. You know, that's where, where you needed to receive and to give. So so how did you handle transitioning out of that? Was it difficult? Were you ready? What was it Yeah, both? I think very ready. Um, the time when the music came into my life and we were homeschooling, so some of the kids were home, um, I brought them with me, just like you said. They were in music ministry with me. We traveled. They were in it. It didn't, so it wasn't something I had to, I did leave at times, but most of the time they came. They came to the studio. They sang on, you know, so they were a lot a part of all of that. That's I love beautiful. how you did that too. Um, but then transitioning into the role I'm in now, with it as executive director of a nonprofit, um, everything that God taught me, I'm using, especially as a mom. As a mom, you are an executive over a thousand spinning things. I'm money and food and provisions and planning and clothing and time management and efficiency and budgets and all of it and, and trying to stay creative. Think about if you have more than one kid, how creative you have to be with each child. They're all different. You don't get carbon copy. You have to be creative. So, so true. in a nonprofit, it's the same. We're never done asking God for creativity, creative ways to reach the goal we have or meet the needs that we have or work with staff, budget. It is so cool. Because when the board said, you know, I think they looked at me as a singer um, and they knew I had community community experience with churches, but I think they wondered. In fact, one of the nurses that they had said they hired a singer, <laughs> <laughs> but they did. They hired, um, a, a, what do they call us? A, um, um, a, it's an executive. They, there's a word for that when we're in our home. 
instead of a housewife. They don't say that anymore. Oh, it's a I new it's know, a term. But I I want to know this. Oh, term. I know. But what what's the execute? We're supposed to execute, which means to work out the plan of somebody that's hired you. Well, God, I'm His hire to raise these kids and be mm-hmm. a wife to my husband. So I'm executing his will within my home. Then I got to do it in the next season of life, which is with this nonprofit. So, yeah. but still the tension's there. I'm working way more than full time, but in this season, which I hope nobody does the math and figures out my age, but I'm, you know, I'm in my last third of life. If God gives me another, you know, we yeah. won't even divide that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I want to be even more effective. And, but at the same time, I have an eight, my dad's getting older and he has health needs. So, you know, my kids are all, and some are married and they've got all their different needs. So we were talking about that before the podcast. Yeah. Right? You never stop being a mother. No, you don't. Never. And I know I feel the tension all the time. Two of my boys are in college. They graduated in college. They still live at home, but they're pretty on their own and they like to be independent, but they still need you, but not the same as they needed you. But my daughter's in high school and I still feel that tension between I, accomplishing this for the Lord and being there for her at the same time. And it's that, that inner struggle of finding that balance. It is. So how would you speak to somebody looking to find that balance in their life, whether it's ministry, whether it's a job, whether it's between parents and children, I'm going to take care of my parents and I need to take care of my children. I mean, women are pulled in a thousand directions yeah. right now. So how would you encourage them and speak to them about, about finding that balance and staying healthy in that season of tension? A couple of things. Um, just even recently, the Lord's been helping me because that day-to-day with him, and maybe not even if you can't capture that time at a certain time. Sometimes we have to dive right into the day. But he's with us in every moment of the day. I just read a beautiful piece by A.B. A. Simpson called Himself. So this goes way back, but it's called himself. And it's just talking about how having Christ in us, he's given us every single thing we need for life and godliness right there. So centering on knowing that everything I need for this season is here, Lord. I'm going to quiet myself. No, it's all here. But then identifying even some of the time wasters and sappers in my life Ooh, that go there. take me away from being able to be fully where I'm supposed to be with my dad or calling my sister, who I really haven't called in a while, or going to lunch with somebody. So my honest, in, in, right in front of both of you in the world, I was too much on Facebook, too much on social media. It was meeting that need, I thought, for community and connection. But I read a book called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. It is the book of my year, Digital Minimalism. And he just talks about the strategy of these social media platforms to um, create an addiction to really good people, really good hearts, but we don't realize how much is in, in there to get us to stay on. Wow. And and it's even not our fault. It, it, it's it's designed that way. Right. So in this crazy culture where our lives are so full, we love getting a moment and, and it really does make me feel relaxed to go and scroll a little bit and watch a puppy or see my daughter's <laughs> pictures or your brain just wants to relax because things are so tense nowadays. But 
it was wasting the t- precious free time and moments that I needed. Yeah, and your brain doesn't relax. And no, it, it, it actually really doesn't. doesn't. It drained no, you. It drains and it. so, did you set a time limit for yourself? Did you? I cut took it, it off my phone. Took it off. Your I didn't phone? think I could do it, and the Lord is so good. He brought me that book and gave me. Only he could help me to do that. Um, but there's a lot I've taken off of the phone, but you have to replace it with something. You can't just take something away. That's true. You have to be with people. I have spent more time with people. I have scheduled lunches, have coffee, be with people face-to-face. That's what we need. Be with Jesus face-to-face. My husband, we're having calmer dinners. I have more time to cook. I make, I called my dad. I called my sister. I go, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I've read three books. Like, <laughs> how did, where was that? How much but time was I wasting? For women now, I can't even imagine what if I had little kids and this was in my life. Well, Anne showed me a little thing on the iPhone that I didn't know existed till a while ago. It's called your screen time. I have that report. It reports Mm -hmm. how much screen time you spend, and you can check each app individually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let do it, girls. Get on there. So good. Locate yourself, and then make a plan for what you need to do. It will make you. It will make you a little sick to your stomach, but just do it because. It will open your eyes to the reality that we we all live in, and it it's honestly it's a false connection. It's not real community. It's I hate them saying community. Facebook community because it's not. It's community. not. It's no. it's a false connection. Yep. And so, what do you think? Looking back over all your years and all your seasons, what do you? Th- how do you think your life would be different, good or bad, if you didn't have a tribe in each season? I can't imagine. I mean, we've walked through, we were talking earlier about walking through all kind of illnesses and cancer, suicide. My brother took his life. We've had addiction things in, in extended family, like deep, hard things. And it has been tribe. It has been sisters that have held my hand, prayed with me, brought a meal, told me their stories, been vulnerable with me, made me laugh, went on a walk, yeah, patient with me while I take a bird picture. Um, I don't know where I'd be. I don't, I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am. Yeah. It, it's, it's sisters. Isolation is the devil's tool. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's not healthy girls. So how would you encourage them if they're hesitant to be vulnerable, hesitant, maybe because they've been hurt before, but knowing that they need a tribe, how would you encourage, what would you I, I would say? just say, don't even worry if you have to talk, don't talk, just go sit be, listen, you know, don't think anything's expected of you. Um, in, in, in sisterhood that you just are going to be able to go and listen to others and be accepted and loved right where you are. That's the Jesus through our sisters. And then when you're ready, you can start, you know, opening up and trusting. I read a quote, oh my gosh, this quote, um, it said, you need to build a bridge of trust that can then hold a weight of truth. Oh, oh my goodness. I just love it. We got a lot of little nuggets. I love that one. I know. So if it takes time to trust, don't worry about it. Taking some time, just go, just get out of the house. You'll never, ever regret it. Yeah. I can't imagine a woman getting up to other women and saying, oh, I shouldn't have gone to that. Yeah. If it's the right group of women, you're so glad. Get, get out of your house, get with other, the bright shining eyes of other women, a hug, you know, what you need. And, uh, and what, even just one encouraging word can sometimes last you a month. Oh, it's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. It is so refreshing. And I personally am more of an introvert. I'm an introvert that loves people. 
And I did like to be around people, but I refreshed by myself. Yes. So I understand the introverts out there going, oh, I don't know. But listen, girls, I couldn't live without my sisters. I couldn't live without that interaction and that connection. It just really refreshes and, and helps keep you going. Absolutely. I mean, I have a husband who travels, travels 250 days a year. And so there's a lot of days when I am by myself. Wow. And, and so my tribe, my sisters, the people I connect with is huge, huge. I, I couldn't live without them. Yeah. We're better together. We are. We're so much better together. So good. I cannot believe that our time is up already. This was so good. So we're going to end with just a couple questions that we ask everyone to, how can our friends connect with you? Do you have oh. a website for your music or anywhere I they can have, find it? I keep the uh, Facebook Messenger on my phone because okay. that's more like an email or something. So Tia Saperno on Facebook, uh-huh. if they message me. Okay. I don't look at the the other stuff very much. Um, that's the best way probably. Is your music on iTunes? Or my, is there there is some music on um, Spotify, the Heaven Sent Lullabies. They could just look it up. They okay. can find it on online. Nice. Yes. And we are called Better Together. So who makes your life better because they're in it? Give them a shout out. Oh, I'm going to give a shout out to Lena. She's a, um, she works in a pregnancy center in Ukraine, but she's here now in a cancer battle. But her nuggets and her golden um, just blessing of everything she's walked through in communism and then coming to Christ. Yes, she, I want to shout out to Lena because she loves me as I am. And we're actually, uh, the word doppelganger, we look so much alike. Mm-hmm. So she is my sister. So shout out to Lena and Aww. keep praying for her. Yeah, pray for yes, her healing. Pray for Lena's we healing. Love her. So, hey, we are better together. So make a point this week to connect with someone. Call a girlfriend and catch up. Go grab coffee with someone. Come hang out with us here at Sisterhood or connect with the sisters at your local church. Sisterhood is Monday nights at 7 and Tuesday mornings at 10. If you don't have a church, find a healthy Bible-believing church in your area and check it out. If you're in Warren, Boardman, Vienna, Liberty, Newcastle, New Wilmington, Columbiana, or Coitsville, we invite you to come hang out with us here at Victory Christian Center. You can check out our website, vcconechurch.com, to find out all of our locations and information. Hey, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. And don't forget, we We are are better better together. together.